Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Good morning, everyone, um, or good evening, from wherever you're watching. Jay here. <laughs> um, yeah, I've recorded. I'm recording this because uh, I have my kids this week, and so I wanted to talk to you guys, um, give you a little bit of an update, a little bit of a service, see what we can do with this, try this recording thing. Um, it's Friday, so who knows what the future holds. Hopefully something exciting and good happens between now and then. Um, you know, we talk a lot about Reformation. And as you know, I have really kind of steered away from the whole uh, church title. We call ourselves Gathering, and I don't like the pastor title. But right now, for talk's sake... I always have the dirtiest glasses. Dirt, my glasses are always filthy. Um, but maybe for the talk's sake, we'll get into a little bit of that language today. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a long one or a short one. We'll see. Uh, as you all know, a few weeks ago, we showed a, um, a talk. We, we, we put up a talk that was from New York. And it was kind of cool because I heard from some of you guys saying like, oh, I can even see how your, how your theology and, and things have changed over time. And that was pretty cool to get the feedback on that. Um, you know, but there was also a commenter who was like, why isn't he doing this? Why is he putting up an old one and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I get it because I get how we are used to churches working in this country and in the world, we have this idea of what Christianity and what Sunday service and all these things are supposed to be. Now, strangely enough, I was on Twitter and I was writing on Twitter. I said, wouldn't it be awesome if like a pastor was feeling like crap and he came in on Sunday and was like, hey, everybody, listen, you know, I, I'm just not really feeling great. So, you know, maybe we'll watch a little bit of a movie or you know, matter of fact, you guys could all just go to the Cheesecake Factory. Um, I like better when we all went to cafeterias, you know, like Luby's and stuff like that. I love the cafeterias. I miss cafeterias. Anybody know any good cafeterias in Seattle? It's my jam. Um, get some nice veggies, a little French silk pie at the end. <laughs> Me and my mom used to go all the time. And it was so funny because she, I felt like when we went to cafeteria, she signed more autographs and talked to more people than any other time we went to a restaurant. She, she loved Applebee's though. Confessions. My mom loved Applebee's and she was friends with all this. I still get emails and texts and DMs from, from servers who worked at Applebee's telling me how much they loved my mom. And uh, it was awesome. And the orange chicken there was pretty killer. Ironically, the Cheesecake Factory has some pretty sweet orange chicken as well. Um, I'm known for my high, high class eateries. Um, but anyway, 
so I put that up and and, I, and it was weird because I didn't expect any pushback because it was kind of tongue and cheeky, but you know, especially I mentioned the Cheesecake Factory. And I got pushback from people who were like, why, you know, a pastor is, is a man of God and they should show up and they should just open the Bible and just start preaching the word, you know, and, and show up. You know, it's a higher calling, as one person said. You know, and so then I told the story about how I put up a, an old talk and um, because my kids were here and I couldn't do anything. And then someone was like, why wouldn't you want to bring your kids to church? Well, you know, I'm like, well, first of all, it's we're online right now because of this thing called COVID and um, the rules keep changing. And I like this. I like our community here. Um, but one of the things that, uh, you know, I got pushed back again, like, why wouldn't you want to bring your children to church, you know, and why wouldn't you want to do that? And I said, well, you know, I've brought my kids to church when we were meeting in Minnesota. I said, well, I actually did a talk once with Minnie sitting on my lap. I said, but also as a human being and as a co-parent who has very different faith beliefs than his ex-wife, you know, I, I really would like my kids to grow up and, and have the, ch the choice that I didn't, you know. And uh, they've gone to Christian daycares and learned about stuff there. I mean, actually, one time I had to talk to one of the daycare workers about not explaining Roman torture, which is crucifixion, to my kids because they were like three and four. Um, but there's this idea of this higher calling that pastors have. And I think a lot of it comes from the pastoral epistles. And if you follow my work, you know how I feel about those books. Um, but the fact is, too, is maybe I what I'm trying to say is if it is a higher calling, maybe it should really be taken seriously. To the point where it's going, I'm not just going to perform for you. I'm not going to just open the Bible like it's a magic eight ball and point at a verse and just start reading it. Um. To be honest with you, if we were a community in person, what I would do was I would have us all sit down and talk when we have moments like this. And I'm going, oh, yeah, I got my kids, you know, blah, 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 and let's do this. And then people are like, well, members of the congregation don't want to have, you know, it's like just people just didn't get it. But I, I, I just saw like this expectation of perfection put on pastors. And we wonder why pastors fail. Because they feel like they have this expectation and we give them this idea that, well, you have a higher calling, but we make it something that's sort of like magical and, and like you have to sacrifice for the word of God and for us and your family. And it doesn't work. I've, ne I've seen so many messed up kids who grown up as past PKs in the church who never felt... Like they were the most important. Growing up, I had to make reality. I mean, I think this is a reality I've just recently faced having a conversation with my sister was, is that we had to share our parents with everyone, you know? And so we had to kind of take a back seat to that. And often, you know, we were used as props. Oh, there's the kids on the TV show and things like that. And they would send out thousands of our photos and things like that. 
Um, I, I'm going through really deep psychoanalysis. So I'm learning a lot about what that caused me to do. And even in my, my personal relationships, how I react with people um, based on some of that trauma. Um, not the most healthy thing in the world, to be honest with you. So, you know, I am going through a lot, you know, here, honestly, went through a breakup. Now me and my dad are not talking, you know, I, I, I'm having some issues with some family. It's just life. You guys deal with life every day. I'm dealing with life every day. And I believe that revolution is called to reform the church. I believe that's part of my work. I believe it's part of Peter Rollins' work. I believe it's part of Hegel's work. Heck, man, I'm even using Freud to do it. And Paul Tillich and, and Martin Luther King Jr., um, those are my guys. Um, did I mention Hegel? Um, you know, th these are folks that, that saw something special about Christianity because of the love and the grace and the acceptance. But it's somehow the leaders are held to a different standard. And it's not a human standard. And the problem is that the leaders take it. Because who doesn't want to be like, well, I'm, I have a higher calling. I, my calling's just a little bit better than everybody else's. And that's just bullshit. You know, Paul said that God is no respecter of man. Like, it, Paul doesn't, Paul's like, and Paul says, I didn't care who Peter and James and all those guys, what they were didn't make a difference to me. You know, so that's where you have to take it in when we get into genuine Paulinian letters is even Paul saying like, you know, I sat with them because I thought it would be good and I think it would make me look better. But, you know, what they were, or what they did really didn't matter. So it's like we kind of select the verses and the ideas and the traditions that we accept through what we've grown up with. You know, and I think if we're going to reform the church, I think we have to freaking get rid of the hierarchy. You know? I'm a member of the community. Yes, I'm the or the leader, or the speaker, or pastor, for the lack of a better term, of this community. Um, we're obviously online, so we're not able to all buddy up with stuff. But I know a lot of you and talk to a lot of you on online and, and, and on DMs and Instagram and things like that. Um, I think we have a pretty freaking good time uh, with stuff. But yeah, so I, I'm just thinking like, you know... Maybe we're all playing a role in something that's very destructive. And I think we've seen the church, the American church, very, very destructive. Because when you say someone has a higher call, it's really almost impossible not to put them on a pedestal. And nobody should be put on a pedestal. Because when you put people on pedestals, they will let you down. You know? And often people like to go to church and almost have this transference where they have the speaker, the pastor that kind of believes on their behalf. And so I think for some folks, they think like, well, if this guy isn't working out, if this guy's life is screwed up, what's the hope for me? But I don't think the church is called to be 
a motivational clubhouse. You know, I think we should be living in the most rawest reality where we should be able to, I always say, argue well, have hard conversations and, and be honest with each other. So it's like, for me, it's like, I'm going through a hard time. You know, I'm recording this because I want to take care of my kids on Sunday, you know, and be fully present. You know, I might get someone to help. I was thinking about talking to someone at their daycare about maybe having, you know, if they knew a good babysitter, because I don't know a lot of people here in, in Seattle right now. But, you know, hey, maybe somebody could come in and watch the kids and, and do Sunday, because I do like to get up early on Sunday and go through my notes and write things out. And, you know, I'm always working on talks in my head. This one's a little bit more free flowing. But I think the time is to ask is what are you looking for in a community slash church? And do we really want transparency or do we want to be comfortable? You know, I just don't believe in magical thinking anymore. You know, and I, I, I think that's why I continue to be very drawn to Paul and even Jesus, because Jesus seemed to talk to everybody. You know, he talked to Pharisees. He talked to Roman guards. He talked to politicians. He talked to, to sinners and prostitutes and tax collectors. You know, I mean, this was a guy that wasn't afraid to talk with people. And then there was times where he needed to get away and get away from the crowd. Like, guys, you got to get me out of here. And so it's really funny how we've kind of interpreted this idea of this higher calling, um, you know, and then people say, well, it's a job. Yeah, but it's, to me, it's an important job that I want to bring people good news. I want to challenge people to think critically. And by doing that, my gift is being very transparent. And I believe we've got to start having a more human church. I think, you know, often the government also to get a tax ID number makes you have a board member, makes you have all these groups that have make these decisions, which is fine. You know, it, it keeps, keeps checks and balances, and I agree with that. Um, but I also think... If you're looking for a place where you're going to find humanity and that you're going to find a place where is trying to set an example for other groups like ours to be transparent and make tough decisions and be honest. And I think that's what revolution represents. And I know for some of you, that's not what you're looking for, you know. And I'm not even saying that in a negative way. Like, you you know, you just need a constant stability from your speakers or from your communicators and things like that. But I've often awesome, often seen my work with theology and, and now philosophy as an art form as well. And so I want to constantly look at things differently and, and bring thing, different ideas and different concepts. I... I think that we need to find a way. Like if, if we're going to have reformation, there needs to be restructure. Everybody's deconstruction, deconstructing. Oh, deconstructing, deconstructing. But deconstruction usually means I've left the church. I'm gonna, I want revolution to be a place where you can deconstruct. Because hell, we're deconstructed. We're not, a, we're not an organized church. 
where we play the game and we run it like IBM. You know, this is run like a community that was probably run in Bible times, you know? I mean, there was probably just issues all the time. I mean, they were tight communities because they really depended on each other. Um, and I guess in a way I'm saying that's what we need to do, you know, depend on each other. And when we hear each other suffering, respect that, you know, and maybe even reach out for that um, and reach out to each other. And I see us doing it. But for some reason, some of these pushbacks I've gotten, just one here and then a, a few on, on Twitter, uh, it was just like, you know, maybe we need to do things differently. And it really, the person saying it's a higher calling, you know, I just played with that a little bit. You know, I'm like, well, if it's a higher calling, then I should be as most transparent as possible, you know, because sometimes I'm going to need you to believe on my behalf, you know, this is going to be a church. We're not a humanist church, but we're a, we're a gathering of people who who feel called to the religion of Christianity, called probably to follow Christ and and find out how we can live well and live better and treat each other better and treat our enemies better through this type of thing. But I think that has to come through a transparent movement. So. This isn't me trying to make an excuse for saying, oh, sometimes I have bad days. But the fact is, is sometimes you have bad days. And a lot of people do. And a lot of people get up there and they feel like they have to make home runs, that they have to be, make the perfect talk, the perfect community, the perfect this. And it becomes really focused on a person. And, you know, being online, it's a little hard not to be focused on a person. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to be human. I'm going to be real and I'm going to be honest. And what I want to do is call out to other communities and churches and speakers and preachers and pastors to say, it's time to change the way we think. It's time to change the way we do things. And I will say out to the community is that it's time we start showing grace to our leaders and that we give them the freedom to fail and we give them the freedom to be human and we give them the freedom to suffer. You know, I mean, the idea of, of like, you know, being perfect, eventually you start, to, you see how things happen. It's like, it's like um, prohibition, you know, it's like this, and so we see a lot of big pastors have these falls and these mistakes, but it's because they've never felt like they could be human in those situations. So when those temptations of, of, of life or the really complicated issues of life come up, it almost is something they feel like that needs to be hidden. And I want to see a church. I want to see a place where it's not hidden, where it is a community, where there are doubts where you hear things like when Paul said, I try to do what I want, but I don't. There's this battle within me and I don't know what's going on, you know? Or, you know, we see each other destroying each other and we go, we've got to stop this and we've got to live in grace. But I think it's a radical concept that hopefully will catch on. So I'm asking any of you out there, 10 churches and things like that. 
maybe embrace the leadership and say, hey, you know what? You've got room to be human. Matter of fact, what you're doing is important in helping a lot of people. And you don't always have to be on, you know, because we don't want a watered down version of that. We don't want the Bible to be treated like a magic eight ball, you know. I want to know that you're suffering. I mean, growing up as a kid, going through church, you've got this feeling that there was this unattainable object. And I seem to be really into unattainable objects, unfortunately, in my life. And I'm trying to change that. Um, especially with people who aren't able to <laughs> connect with me emotionally. And all of a sudden I'm like, I must connect to this person. Um, but we want this unattainable object. And it's just time to say like, hey, we realize this is unattainable. That this isn't living in reality. You know? I mean, churches hire musicians to come in and do play and do worship, you know, and like sometimes these guys don't even believe in God, you know, and they're sitting there like, oh, Jesus, we praise you. You know what I mean? It's like we act as though like the church is like this really like, oh, we're very, you know, straight laced and we're, you know, we've got it all together. But it's like, no, man, like they're trying to bring people in and just hiring random bands and asking them to pretend to do worship. And pretend to praise, you know, and things like that. You know, it's like, to me, that's kind of hypocrisy, you know? And it's like, hey, maybe we have a shitty music, you know? And we just get people in the community who can kind of play. Or maybe we don't do music at all, you know? Maybe we rethink it. Maybe we realize that there's, that uh, that's what's been set for us. It doesn't work anymore. It's like capitalism is really biting us in the ass right now. We've got like five billionaires and everybody else is struggling to pay their rent and can't go to the doctor and do things like that. And I don't care what your political opinion is because I think both of them are screwy. But I I'm trying to get down to the essence of things. And we just continue to play this game. I mean, I don't know about how many of you feel comfortable walking in to an organized church on Sunday. For me... I often would feel like I didn't have it together, like I wasn't good enough, um, uncomfortable, the structure, the fact that there was really no openness to just for chaos. And I like a little chaos. Um, so I guess what I'm, I'm trying to say, this really isn't a talk, I guess, as much as it's just kind of sharing my heart, which is a talk is that if we really want to see the church change, we, we're going to have to see it not just change on in the leadership, but also the people. So here's the thing is like, not only do we need to ask the pastors to be human, we need to ask people in the church to realize that their pastors are human beings. You know, I see so many people talking about the hierarchy in the church and this and that. I'm like, I don't even think about that stuff with revolution. You know, and I don't have to. I'm not worried about who doesn't take communion or who can or not take communion. You know, everybody can take communion. Everybody's welcomed at the table. Everybody's welcomed at this place. You know, I feel like those are unnecessary games that often we subscribe to because we subscribe to a denomination or a theology and we get stuck within those rules. And then really, if there is a God that intervenes, which I don't know, 
But if there is this idea of, 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 of freedom, we kind of don't allow that to happen. We have so much structure. You know, and I, I don't know how many churches I've been in where it's been like the leadership and then everybody else. Um, but I want to say clearly is that I believe both parties are playing their roles in causing this to be a situation that's not really great. And I think we have to let go of expectations in the church. Um, I think we have to be open to what what is community? You know, community for me is my car battery. I always forget to leave my, because my, it rains here all the time and you turn your lights on, I always forget to turn my lights off. And so my car battery dies. And um, I, my car battery was dead the other day. I went downstairs to my neighbor who I kind of, like I just, we see each other in passing and I went and knocked on his door I said, hey, man, my car's dead. Any chance you could help me out? Of course. Of course I can, you know. And he came out. I'm, oh, thanks. Oh, man, I'm sorry to bother your dad. Oh, no, no, it's fine, you know. And it's like I found more community living in, like, assist, assisted living. It's not assisted living, but, like, government housing. Um, I've found so much community here and so much grace amongst the community you know, and it's funny because compared to I, I had my car battery die when I went and saw my, my analyst recently. And I had to ask like five different people if I could get a jump, you know. And I was like, I had to pick up my kids. And I was like, I have to pick up my kids. Come on. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I felt like, you know, the, the story of the Good Samaritan, you know, like I was like, oh, I need help. And everybody's like, no, I'm too busy. No, I can't do that. You know, it's like, and, and, and then in this community where I'm in, it's like, I don't know I get to knock on strangers' doors, but I know I can because we're all trying to survive. And I think there's something special about that. I mean, the world is such a mess. We're so, uh, we're so divided as a country and as, you know, as the church is so divided. I mean, gosh, freaking, I was really actually excited that some more conservative Christians were giving me shit because... You know, it, it was a nice feel of, of normalcy. You know, it, it's nice when my, my my progressive brothers and sisters aren't giving me so much shit. Because, um, see, I'm so left that sometimes people think I'm like a, like a conservative empathizer and they don't realize it's like, I just don't like the right or left situation in, in, in our country. I just don't like the political way it's set up. Um. But I can't really do a whole lot to change that, you know. But what I can do is try to say this is a community. And I will go as far as to say a word I'm not really comfortable using right now because I feel like the church is so divided that I don't like using the word. But that this is even a church that has decided to set a new standard. We have decided to lower the bar and say we are going to be a community. And we don't need people to have certain levels or certain places or certain things in order to be religious. We don't have to wear certain clothes. We don't have to do certain things. We're just a community of people 
who are interested in Jesus, interested in Christianity, interested in life. And we all have a lot of different diverse belief systems and, and politically, but we're still able to come together and do this. So, I obviously always need some grace. But what I think is we got to start doing that for others. I think we need to start questioning the system because I think the system is completely broken. Not just the American system, but the Christian system, the church system, and how we work. And uh, I think if the people are the church and the people lead, the leaders will follow. And we can do this the way we want. We don't have to. I mean, it's like, I just remember sitting in meetings where we're like, we're going to have small groups. And everything was just so like business. And I don't have a problem with that, man. If you're organized and you're doing something, most of those churches are killing it. So I don't, you know, like, good on you. Um, but I don't think we should have a standard of what a church is or a church isn't. And... Um, I think it's ridiculous to think that, you know, pastors are special, you know, and probably people are getting that from Paul's, not Paul, you know, his writings, like in the pastoral epistles, you know, and not looking at the fact that Paul's like, man, God's no respecter of man, you know, I mean, he's saying there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave nor free, you know, um, and honestly, half the time he's asking for help or telling about how horrible things are and what's going on and, you know. So uh, here's an encouragement. Think differently. Um, I can handle the heat. Even when I'm going through hell, I can handle the heat. I can handle the pushback. But um, I know too many broken people who couldn't. My parents, you know, they felt like they had to do things in secret, you know, and they couldn't talk about certain things, which led them to do things in secret, you know, and and, and not be perfect human beings. And, and they, no one's perfect. But could you imagine a place where you could talk about something before it becomes something else? You know, where we have a community where we can express our honest truth and we're not voting each other out or leaving or doing all that, you know. And also not taking it personally when people leave. You know, people are looking for different things. And that's fantastic. You know, find, find the truth. Seek truth. You know, I liked when uh, Joe Strummer said, you know, the big thing about punk, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it's asking the question. It, it's asking, please give me some truth. And that's what we're trying to find here. But the truth is, is we're all fallible. We're all going through a tough time. I mean, good God, these past two years on all of us has been really crazy. And I think we all kind of feel a little out of it. And uh, so maybe uh, help carry each other's burdens a little bit, you know, share those. And, uh, you know, I don't have a telephone to God. I just read a lot. I just study a lot. That's why I bring you good stuff. Sometimes, sometimes I bring you shit stuff, but why I bring you good stuff is because I'll go and spend an hour reading Hegel, you know, I'm reading theology and philosophy that a lot of people don't want to read. So I'm reading those things and I'm studying and I'm bringing it to you saying, Hey, this is, 
amazing and I think this could change things and make things better and I think we could live well and I think this could change and radicalize the church. I mean, I really do believe in reformation in the church. And I long for the day when I can say Revolution Church again and not feel that it's this loaded thing, you know, depending on where you came from or how you grew up or what you went through. And so if you're uncomfortable with unstructured uh, community, you know, we have a little structure, trying to have a little structure. That's why I'm doing this video for you now. So we have a little, it's on Sunday. Um, but yeah, let's, let's do the community we want. Let's make the church we want to see. Let's be the church that we want to be. Let's be the church that wasn't there for us. You know, you want to talk about deconstruction. Well, let's just deconstruct and reconstruct what we want out of a body, you know, and out of a community. I know a lot of people deconstruct and they don't want anything to do with it. And honest to God, I don't blame them. But I think there is room for this kind of deconstruction and asking these questions and doing things and saying it's time to do things differently. And I think that's why I love punk rock is because it was saying like, yeah, there's these great bands that are filling stadiums and doing all this stuff, but the music seems to lack soul, man. It seems to lack something. It's just shiny guitars and happy people. And so a bunch of guys got together. It was like, we don't really know how to play the guitar. We don't really know how to do this, but we have passion. We have a belief system. So, you know what? We're just going to learn how to do this on the way. And I've been doing this for 25 years, and I'm still learning along the way and growing along the way. But that's the cool thing about this community is that I don't expect anybody to arrive. I'm not going to kick anybody out or tell anybody they can't watch <laughs> because they think differently because we're all on journeys. I saw this great quote. I'm going to butcher it, I guess. But, you know, it, it says in life when, we, when we work, work, we're working on ourselves and as we get older, it's not that we're changing. It's that we're becoming more of who we are. And I've learned that as I've become older, is that I've become more comfortable in who I am. And I really hope you guys will go on this journey with me. And I actually hope you'll take it to other places. I hope you'll share that. Like if you're going into another church, I hope you'll share this with your pastor and, and maybe he'll get some encouragement from it or some of the staff. And they might just push back and be like, no, we can't do that. But, you know, at night they'll be thinking like, oh, man, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, I remember a time in Brooklyn, New York, where me and Vince sat down. <laughs> and I sat down and I said, honestly, I don't know if I believe in God right now and I don't know what to do. And I'm here, you know, supposed to be the pastor of this church. And I'm questioning my very belief in, in, in the foundation of God. Like basically, you know, if God and Jesus exist. You know, I said, but luckily we have Vince, you know. And of course, the next week, Vince gets up and says, uh, well, Jay, I hate to tell you, but I'm actually in the same boat. And you know what the community did? They said, let's just do this. Doubt, disbelief, we're all there. Let's work through it together. It even happens to pastors. You'd be surprised how many amazing ministers out there, like big ones, don't believe in God at all like completely lost their faith, but it's their job, you know, it's what brings them recognition. And um, it, it's quite shocking. 
And I often feel like it's one, it's financial pressure, but two, that it's also pressures from people in the community who expect, who have this magical thinking of that we're all like, we're the men of God and the men of God say this, you know? I mean, I've even seen churches be like, well, you know, when the men of God do shitty things, like, well, you know, David lusted and killed his friend's wife. I mean, killed his friend so he could have his wife. So sometimes you have to cover the pastor. I'm not saying that shit at all. What I'm trying to say, sorry, I'm cussing so much today. I'm just tired. Um, I had to take the kids to school this morning. But what I'm saying is, is that you can call my bullshit. I love it when you guys push back because it makes me think. It makes me, uh, can I answer this? Can I answer that? You know, I love having Steve on here, Steve Peters, because he's just like, oh, Jay, what about this? Because I told him one day I liked the pushback because it, it, you grow and you think. I like the argument. You know, I know people are like, I don't like to argue. It's, you know, but it's, it's cool that way. So, you know, it's funny back in the days in Atlanta, you know, we had all these punk rock bands and we were all about being punk rock, blah, 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 and really cool. But honestly, I think we've become more of a punk church now. And probably most of you don't even listen to punk rock, unfortunately, very sad. Um, but by saying, we're going to do this and we're going to do it different and we're going to make a difference and we're going to make a change, you know, and punk never died. People said it did, but man, Listen to Emil and the Emil and the Sniffers. Man, that band's amazing. They might call themselves rock and roll or post punk or whatever, but they're a punk band, you know. And there's another band called Idols that I've been listening to a lot. I mean, no doubt they're a punk band. You know, I even believe Nirvana was a punk rock band. Um, it keeps to move and it evolves and it changes. And you know, and then one day maybe what we're doing now will be in a system, and someone will come along and say like. We gotta get this stuff more organized. We've gotta change, and that's okay because you know movements go and burn out, and new movements come in. You know because it, they get corrupted over time. And uh, I've been watching a lot of Wreck and Ralph with my kids. You know, and there's all these like viruses in the computer and glitches and all these type of things that need to be changed. And and so right now it's like I see all these viruses and these glitches. You know and Eventually, maybe we get it cool and then we have the viruses and the glitches and we need to be open to new voices. But if we want to change the church, um, I don't think it's just about what we say, which I really do believe words are, are, are vitally important. Because um, even when someone's saying they believe in something, you can often see how they're saying it, that they don't actually believe in it. Like, I love Pete Rollins. He talks about like apologists, you know, and, and he's like, do apologists have doubt? You know, of course they do. They've read, they've written seven books on trying to prove that it's all right. You know, like in their mind, they're frantically trying to prove that everything is right and Christianity is real and this has literally happened and the world is this, you know what I mean? Obviously they have doubts or they wouldn't be trying to like completely prove it. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly think, like, in the midst of my pain right now, and it's pretty bad, guys. I'm not going to lie. I mean, the last time I felt this type of pain, it was pretty serious. I don't know if a lot of you know this. I, I, you probably do. But a few years ago, I tried to take my own life and um, woke up in the hospital. I, I did not plan to wake up in the hospital. I planned to die. Um, 
And by the grace of God, I'm still here. I mean, obviously, you have a pastor who's been divorced twice, tried to kill himself, and still loves Jesus, still loves grace, still loves, is very Paulinian, still wants to encourage you to live well and love your enemies, love your neighbors as yourself, because I think there is an incredible amount of freedom in there that we can use to make this world a better place. You dig? So, <laughs> if you're with me, let's do this. You know, and if you got some friends who think this might be a good idea, let's get them to do it too. Because we could use a little bit of money. We'll keep that normal church part because, you know, we're nonprofit. And, um, but yeah, I mean, we could use your support. You can go to revolutionchurch.com. And I think it's like Revolution Donation or Revolution, uh, I don't know. Um, we'll make sure we have it on there. We, we've got to put up more donation buttons. Like, I've been so freaked out about raising money for the church because of my background and what people associate with my family that I've just always been like, hey, just, just hide the donation button. You know, let's make it really hard for people to give, you know? And then I wonder like why I don't get full paychecks and like, you know, all that kind of thing. But let's do good work. I'm doing other work as well. You know, I'm working on a film right now. So the cool things are happening, you know? And I like living life, and I like living life well, but man, sometimes it's really tough, and it's really painful. And man, if any of you are out there right now struggling with the ideas of wanting to take your life, don't do it. I mean, I mentioned my suicide, so I think this is important. I am so grateful. I'm in so much pain right now, and I am so grateful to be alive, you know? I'm feeling a lot of rejection from some people I love and who are crucially important to me. And I'm almost feeling like I don't matter to them. Yet, I'm still grateful to be alive and to be in this moment and to be able to see what I can do in this moment. I'm grateful to be a dad. I love being a dad. You know, it's like my kids are incredible. They just, they're joys to be around, you know. They kind of keep you, you know. And they ask good questions and you realize how complicated we often make things. But life is complicated enough. I mean, man, doing your taxes and, you know, trying to figure out how to get some sort of health care. I mean, my teeth hurt all the time. I, I, I need a good dentist, but right now I can't afford it. I'm going to need new glasses soon, you know. And you're going like, how's I'm going to provide? The, how am I going to make that happen? Um, but that, we're all in this together. This is a community. You want community? You want something that's different? Hell, if you want to call Revolution a church, you call it a church. I'm calling it a community right now. But if you want that, that's what we're offering. Um, and as a leader, I'll never pressure you to come or show up or act a certain way or do a certain thing. Um, you know, I mean, I do ask that you... you you show respect to each other when you argue and just argue well. I'm not saying don't argue. I'm just saying argue with respect and love and things like that. You know, because the internet, we've just got so many people out there. I hope this made sense. Um, this is my call to reformation. Let's, uh, let's change the system. You know, we're, the message is, is, is getting better in some places. Um, but let's change the system. Let's reform the system. At least make allowances for the system to have diversity in it. 
and that there's no, you know, uh, recipe of what a church is or isn't. Heck, I've been bucking against the system on that for years, but you know what? I think that's part of it. And uh, I love it. And man, there's churches where they like, uh, what's the church? The church in Minnesota that, you know, Tony and them were a part of, um, uh, Solomon's Porch. Like they would have people like, all sitting in couches, going around, read. everybody would read the Bible and everybody would take place in the talk and things like that. And that made me nervous as hell, you know? Because for me, it's like, I've been studying all this stuff, doing all this stuff, thinking about this for like weeks or months or years. You know, now someone's going to get up and talk about it. You know, it was, it was weird, you know? I mean, it was cool, but it was just different. But that was great because it worked for that community, you know? So let's, let's be open to diversity. Not just in thinking, not just in skin tone, not just in sexuality, but in, in, in what the church is. And if you guys have any ideas for reform, let's do it. I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I have grand delusions of, uh, of change. And so as long as I'm on this earth, I'm going to continue to work on it. But I can't do it without you guys. Because I think you're the ones that are going to do it. To be honest with you. I just hopefully open up little doors here and there. You know. And uh, I even think my CNN analyst has been there to help me to think differently. And so I even want to bring a little bit of that to you. You know. And uh, it's been cool. The other day I was talking to somebody. A movie star. Not anybody involved with the my my parents movie. But someone who's like I, I'm kind of a fan of and they're friends with like we're friends on Instagram and it kind of blows my mind, you know, and I was recommending like really good introduction books to Hegel and we're talking about this and, and talking about reading and thinking differently and how we can do things differently and and why I thought Hegel was important, you know, and that's really exciting to me that I, I get to do that, you know, and, uh, you know, I get to pastor outside of Sundays, you know? I mean, that's my life. My life is not a pastor or a speaker. Or I don't know what I am anymore. But I do know that I love you guys and I love this community and I believe that um, we're gonna set an example, you know? Because it's not just about like, oh yeah, we're a church in a bar. How cool is that? It's like, no, we're a church that's kind of making it up as long as we as we go. And we've been doing this for 25 years and we're still kind of just trying to evolve and see what works, what sticks, and how we can make the church a safer place. And not, not in a safe way of like, oh, I won't get my feelings hurt, but a place where you can say, hey, I got my feelings hurt, and you can have the conversation and it doesn't devastate anybody or cause anybody to go to war. And... Um, and man, I really do hope that we can, I think revolution, like once we get a building, I think we've got to start picking the most like different churches than us to do toy drives and to do clothes drives and homeless work. Like we just pick the ones that are the most diverse and say, listen, we guys, we believe in everything different, but we know this is important. Let this be the revolutionary moment of our why we think Christianity is important and that we're going to take these important principles and take all of our other differences and put them aside 
you know, maybe later we can go to a pub and, 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 and argue well. So thank you for listening. I love you guys. This is pre-recorded, but I will read all your comments and I hope you stuck through with it, but you can listen anytime you want. That's another cool part. You know, I hope we find a community, but I'm also not against just being here with you guys. I love it. And as soon as we get on YouTube, we're going to hopefully even have a whole different community. But we do, hopefully, we'll plan one time to all get together somewhere. You know, maybe we can all meet in Las Vegas. Go to a few shows or something. I don't know. Um, or Texas, I guess, is in the middle. We can go to Austin. That's a pretty awesome place. Um, anyway, that's where I'm at. And uh, thanks for loving me. Thanks for giving me grace. Thanks for all that. And thanks for loving each other. You guys treat each other so well. And you send me so many nice messages. And I just, I see it. And um, and I don't mean this in a condescending way, but I'm, just, I'm proud of you guys. I, and I am excited. I am excited that people all over the world listen. You know, that's cool. And uh, so, yeah. Peace out. Have a great Thanksgiving or whatever you celebrate. I'm flying out to go see my buddy Pete. So hopefully I can see some of my Cali friends when I'm out there. Um, I'm gonna try, but we also have a whole lot of work to do. So, love you guys. See you soon. listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. 